0: From Glitch HQ on Riverside Avenue in verbose, turn-based Minneapolis, this is Nice Games Club, the show where nice game devs talk gaming and game development.
1: I'm Martha McGarry, and I make nice games. I'm Martha Croy,
0: and I make nice games.
1: I'm Ellen Burns-Johnson, and I make nice
2: games too.
0: For this week's episode, Ellen joins us for another Nice Games Jam. We've been given a prompt, and we're going to try to come up with a complete game that you can play by the end of the episode. Will it work? We and you are about to find out. So if everyone's ready, let's start. Martha... What did our boyfriend, Dylan, give us as a prompt (laughs) this episode?
1: Well, my boyfriend, Dylan, says that he wants to see what our take on a JRPG-style game would be. Now,
0: why is he torturing us?
1: (laughs) Because he wanted to... He really wants to know our our take and how we'd make it interesting because okay. he thinks that our games are interesting. So
2: <laughs> I feel like to do it, we're going to have
1: to extend the podcast to be like three hours. Right. right oh right. yeah, to be in the full spirit. Right. The... Right. <laughs>
0: exactly. Not quite the 150 hours you'd expect from a JRPG. Right. <laughs> um. But uh, Ellen, you were scribbling some uh some tropes we might want to uh try out. Sure. Right.
2: So, yeah. So I um I don't play a lot of JRPGs, but my husband Eric who did not send this prompt, or maybe they were in cahoots.
1: Whoa. Um, anyway. he
2: Confront <laughs> him when I get home. Um, <laughs> he, he's mentioned a lot of tropes that happen in JRPGs a lot. So I scribbled some of them down. Um, one is there's a, like a young protagonist. Um, there's a character who's like the comic relief. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a character who's brooding and mysterious. Um, like everyone has a big power move. Uh, there's at some point like halfway through the game which of course is like still 60 hours into the game there's this big twist that, that kind of like reveals the cosmic nature of the story so everything's like local yeah. up until that point and the story's kind of developing locally and regionally and then you find out something that's like oh no it's about the whole universe <laughs> um, the world or like the whole world and the energy you know there's always some twist with this the
1: children's game. card game I will save the universe <laughs> right <laughs>
2: Um, there is often a, um, people from beyond the sea with inexplicably advanced technology. Um, some, a- like an animal or robot character. And then, uh, like, you know, you start out with lots of cool quests with some critters and villages and stuff. Uh-huh. I feel like whatever this should be, it should have a, a cactus in it. <laughs> anyway. So those are some of the things that I wrote, that I wrote down.
0: Okay. I'm really, I'm particularly attracted to the halfway through it. It gets crazy big. Yeah, just because like one the sort of comedy element of that I'm a, I'm attracted to like it being like a little story of a village and then suddenly aliens <laughs> like that seems like, that <laughs> seems like a big. sort of a satire of that idea. Okay. Um, I mean we could, I mean that's all I've got for uh, narrative thrust. But like, how are we going to actually pull this off here as either a paper prototype or as an actual you know game you can play at a table? Um, because we I think we mentioned we were, as we were walking into the clubhouse like maybe we want to do this as a pen and paper RPG.
1: Oh, yeah, just so that it's easier to do the rules.
0: Yeah, just so we for can... For people
1: use, to actually play it.
0: Right. We can we can use some of the tropes of, of JRPG video games, but maybe make <gasps> Combine
1: it, little, it with, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. like, D&D mm-hmm.
0: style. Maybe, yeah, maybe we can limit it to, like, um, one in, encounter or, like, two scenes or something. So we kind of, like, keep our scope small. Oh, yeah. Um, like, one scene is, like, a... Um, uh, you know, like before the, the twist. Before the twist, it's <laughs> like you know, like the the shopkeeper village stuff that's in both the end paper RPGs and uh video game RPGs, and then one can be like a battle, which could be against the final boss.
2: <laughs> yeah, something like that. Okay, so this is weird. Um, but something occurred to me as we were walking in. I'm like, what if what if our characters were ants, or something? Oh, like really, like some kind of critter that was really small, and we yeah. could play with the tropes Like, okay, so you know, one of your comic your comic relief ant is like extra big or something and your ant your anthropomorphic character yeah. is actually not an ant but pretending to be an ant i don't know oh yeah it
0: could be class-based too you can have uh fire ants and flying ants and yeah like whatever. your
2: your worker ant versus your like soldier ants
0: mm-hmm. okay i love it uh martha is now currently assembling uh cubes into various patterns uh, making it really look like she's making progress on something
1: yeah let's uh. do it. let's do that <laughs> well you said cactuses and i have all these these little green cubes that i've now stacked on a mm. grid of graph paper yeah to make them look like tiny little cactuses and now i have little brown cubes that are ants and okay. that is as far as i've gotten
2: <laughs> <laughs> so like in a in a jr so i'm just thinking like tabletop rpgs like you get to pick a class but in a jrpg like you you get your party introduced yeah. to you Kind of like one at a time, and then like they guess they kind of fill different classes. Like you always have a character who's a healer or something like that, uh-huh. you have a character who's a nurse ant. Yeah.
0: Well, why don't we do it where? Why don't we have the party? A metaphor from the video games, okay. but then let's we'll play it uh, like a, a a pen and paper RPG. So our first scene can be just our main hero doing some sort of you know uh task in in the 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 home ant hill and then our second scene can be the whole party gathered to take on whatever menace a giant crow or something i don't know
2: can i make a suggestion yes i think we just start i mean if we're going to make this small and uh-huh. like playable by a group i think we just like maybe can't come up with like concepts for you know four to six different characters or classes uh-huh. and then we just start the game with whoever you want you know like the only requirement being someone has to play the young protagonist okay i don't know because like i think Having having done that, like having tried to run a game where you're assembling the party first, it can be kind of hard to do. <laughs>
0: well, then that's a question too. Is is this a single player game, Ooh. or is this you know that you play solitaire style? Um, in which case, we would need some sort of randomization for enemies, um, or is this a, a game like a pen and paper where you have a, a group of friends and a and a game master?
1: Oh my gosh, it's like Mouse Guard except it's Ant Guard. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, that's a good question i think if we are making a paper or pro- a paper prototype of a of a game that would be on a video actual video game yeah um i would prefer like a single player experience mm-hmm. but if we're going to do it uh out loud pen and paper style yeah. i'd want it to be multiplayer so what
0: if we did uh, just for the purposes of our getting it done today Uh, right (laughs) job one Um, it was um, it was a one-on-one so we had one player is the hero and the party and the other player is the GM but also plays the enemies and maybe if this were a shipping title it would be less of a GM role and more of an actual adversarial role you know the great evil from beyond or something um,
1: yeah, the antil next the year. cosmic crow, <laughs> <laughs> the ants
2: from the antil next over with inexplicably advanced technology. Yes.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, so I like that. I'm gonna write this down on the note sheet. Okay, um, two player, um, one player controls the party,
3: mm-hmm.
0: and that keeps us still, even though we're playing it. The rules are essentially pen and paper. Yes, we're still thinking of it in terms of of uh, JRPG.
2: I like that. Okay, so um, can we come up, we already have a couple, like, cl- player classes. We have, like, the young the young protagonist, we have a comic relief. So, young protagonist, ant. Comic <laughs> relief, ant. Uh-huh. <laughs> Brooding and mysterious, soldier ant.
0: <laughs> I don't know enough about the types of ants.
2: You haven't played Sim Ant? Uh,
0: no, I've only seen A Bug's Life. That's all I know about ants, which is very incorrect because mm, they have the wrong number of arms.
2: (laughs) Oh, gosh.
1: So many things are And also, aren't the ants in that male ants? Yeah. And there are like 99% female ants in a colony. (laughs) So, yeah. Ant. Well, that's the question is, is
0: how accurate to uh, the animal kingdom do we want to be? Or do you want to take all of the stupid liberties (laughs) that movies and video games do? Do
1: do you want it to be E.O. Wilson Simulator Uh 2005? Or do you want it to be uh, Disney-ified? Uh-huh. I think we can... I mean, I I don't know.
2: Okay, so I don't want to disney hide too much. But I think we got to have some fun with it. So here's what I wrote down for classes, for characters so far. So we've got the young protagonist worker Mm ant. We have the comic relief flying ant. Um, we have the brooding and mysterious soldier ants, and we have a weevil who's pretending to be an ant. <laughs> I like it. And if you've never seen a weevil, Google them. They eat dust. They're so cute and kind of slow. So he's going to have trouble keeping up, or she, or them. You know, it's, it'll be cute.
0: Uh, I'm on board go with all of this. Yes. Um, right, cool. um, okay, so I don't know, uh, you were saying ant colonies are 99% female. Yes. Is that true of all the different types of ants in our various classes? So let's just lean into that. So we have our all-female party. So
1: like,
2: for the flying ant, flying. I think flying ants are males, right?
1: Well, yeah. well, they're both males and females, and they're the um, queens and then drones, and they only fly to make a new colony and mate and stuff.
0: Okay. Well, and this is our comedy <laughs> character, so perhaps they're just bad at what they're supposed to be doing.
1: They don't want to be a. They don't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> they want to. Born to be a comedian, not a queen. <laughs> 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 or they're a queen, like yeah. you know, very good entertainer.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Ultimately, this only really matters in the sense of like how it appears to a player is accurate or not. But there's something about that authenticity that, and, that making those aesthetic choices uh, yeah. is interesting.
2: Well, right? and if we're going to allow some role playing in this and you can do this with maybe we don't, res- you know, you, you can role play your, your aunt however you'd like. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I wrote down for, for that. I wrote down the young protagonist worker ant is female. The comic relief flying ant is anything. Mm-hmm. Um, the weevil is anything. And the soldier ant is female. Okay. So that's what I've got so far.
0: So maybe as the player, you can just, uh, if you, if there is some role playing element, you can decide for those other characters. Yeah. I guess.
2: Yeah. And I mean, if you want to really lean into it, I guess the GM can play like other ants in the colony. Yeah.
0: Of course, now I'm thinking pen and paper style RPGs. In, yeah, in a JRPG, true. usually these are pretty defined characters. Right. Um, so, I mean, I guess it does. I guess the my feeling is I don't care.
2: Yep. <laughs> I think we try to make a game that's pretty flexible. You can make it whatever whatever ant story,
0: right? Right. You know, you can
2: within the rules, you do whatever you want, right?
0: Um, On the way to finalization, these these other these choices will be made, but we don't need to make them now.
2: So, I guess the question is, like, we there's the story. I feel like this. I mean, the story is like a key thing for a JRPG. Yeah. Right. right, Right. And like the arc of the story is sometimes really similar from one JRPG to the next. Like you start local, and there's this big thing, and like you you gain experience. As you gain expertise in the game, your character gains life experience and learns important lessons, and makes friends and loses friends. Do we? I guess the question is like, do we tackle the mechanics first or do we tackle the story first?
0: Well, I feel like we've sort of got we're getting the setting and okay. the characters, so maybe we just spend some time with the story. And if we're going to do these two scenes, either they are uh, two snapshots of a, of a proposed longer story. And we can just sort of quickly come up with what those scenes are, what the goal of the player is in each, what the twist at the end is. And then when we're done with that, then we can just make our battle system or whatever. Does that seem a good use of our time? Yeah. Okay.
2: So I think we said like three three scenes we wanted to do, or two scenes. I don't know, three scenes seem like maybe we should do three. Okay, two let's scenes. do it.
0: All right, we're, commi- think- we're committing to three. It's happening.
2: We can do this. We can do this. <laughs> Do I sound confident?
1: <laughs>
2: I don't know. Martha, what do you think?
1: Two or three? Um, let's let let's do, let's commit to two, three stretch goals. I like okay. it. Okay. So we- Well, talk. hold
0: on. Why don't we, uh, we're doing story. So let's just come up with the story of three scenes. And then we only have to mechanize one or two of them.
2: That's true. That's right? true. Okay. Okay. So I was thinking like, I just, what popped into my head was like, the third scene has got to be the cosmic twist, right? Yes. So cosmic twist.
1: That could be- a portal to another dimension, Why? or cosmic I, crows from space.
0: Well, if we're if we're thinking of this as like a, a snapshot to say pitch to a development team or a publisher, I almost want the third scene to be the climactic battle at the very end of the game.
2: Wow, you've got big goals for this.
0: Mark. Well, I mean, <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, no, uh, yeah. Um,
0: Maybe the twist comes in the second scene. Then,
2: well, when we're thinking. Are we think we're thinking scenes are encounters? I guess. I guess. When I'm thinking like tabletop RPG, like. There are, I guess, you can think of in terms of scenes, but you're like driving to encounters where you're rolling yeah. the dice. So maybe like the third encounter, we think about it as like three encounters, and the third encounter is like the, the thing that the battle that happens after the cosmic twist. Is oh, revealed. okay, I see
0: what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. So we don't need to write the closing cutscene. We're just gonna we'll, let's talk about the big twist, and that'll be the third thing. Maybe.
2: Yeah, like okay. that, that's the GM. The GM can shape the, the closing cutscene. We just gotta like, <laughs> here are the encounters you have to get towards. Now, get there.
0: Okay. With your ants, um, so to have a twist, we need a status quo to upheave, right? So, yeah, do we what's our status quo?
1: Well, well, there's all these different like jobs uh, that have to get done around the colony. Mm-hmm. So, like maybe there's not enough food, and you have to go on a journey to find more
0: food. <laughs> or <laughs> I like that. Maybe this is the idea that like. Um, uh, it's it's maybe an, so the, there's two ways to do this we can do this where because we're an ant colony we can, we can say that the twist is something we as players know already like the ant colony could be like we're the only living creatures in the world and then they ex- go out beside their borders and realize oh no crows exist <laughs> right? <laughs> right and that could be the big twist but then there's some dramatic irony or it, it could be the player is assuming that's when it happened but instead aliens <laughs>
2: right. you know what we could do is we could come up with like three different potential ways that last cosmic encounter could go. And then you have like a random dice roll that that like shows you in that direction. So you finish the first encounter, you finish the second encounter and then you do this random dice roll. And then the third thing is like, here's the cosmic twist and it's one of three things that could happen. How do your ant characters deal with
0: it? So what I like about that is that that's like the first original idea that we've had because otherwise we're just filling in any, any story, right? I love that as a mechanic, whereas you play a game and you know, there are multiple endings but rarely is the multiple ending reality shifting, right? It's either like, yeah. does the hero live or die? Do, do they save the kingdom or, or send it to ruin? But rarely is it, if ever, is, you know, is it a kingdom of dinosaurs or a kingdom of aliens, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I love that. That's great.
2: I would also like to say that I think the idea for a weevil character is
1: probably pretty
2: unique.
0: <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> but
1: maybe that's for good reason. We'll find it out. Could, One of the twists could be that the weevils have actually in- infiltrated most of the colony and now the ants are actually like, it's like a conspiracy theory.
0: Right, one of the twists could be sort of pod people-y, right? Yes. <laughs> like, our weevil character, we as players are like, oh, it's so cute, they're pretending. And then the twist is, there are other people pretending that I didn't know about. <laughs> that's, no. that's Turns out pretend- the
1: queen no. is a weevil.
0: Right, and then the final encounter could be going back home to defeat the imposter.
2: So, like, they live, but ants. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to write it down ideas on this other
0: thing. Uh-huh. Uh, okay, okay. So then our story along the way before the twist, so the, the, the story up to then should be the same no matter what the ending is. And it's the, Martha, you were saying the sort of the quest for, for food, for bringing back resources to the sort of dying colony. That sounds
3: yeah.
0: right? Yeah, and then, And what's nice about the twist of the weevils having infiltrated is that maybe that's why the colony is dying.
1: It's
3: yeah. Because
0: they're not doing the normal, not taking care of things normally. Right? And so each of the twists should maybe explain the situation in a different way.
1: Oh yeah, right. Oh yeah, ooh yeah, I like that. So, like, like, one one
0: of the twists could be extraterrestrial or magic, and and it could be as a result of the uh, the uh, indescribably advanced technology. Uh, like, water is evaporating from the water table, and that's why we're having such resource problems, or whatever. Um, so, each one would logically make sense.
2: I just realized that that using weevils enables us to say that it's an evil, evil infiltration.
1: Oh my god, we're, <laughs> we're great. <laughs> excellent work okay
2: um okay so the, some of the some of the twists we're thinking three different twists that we're going to choose ran- that's going to be randomly the case at the end so yep. one of them is it's an evil weevil infiltration that's leading to the dining colony the dying colony mm-hmm. um and then what the other one something like environmental mm-hmm. okay so like not enough water
0: or I mean that's just a stand-in for res- anything that we is, is a problem, but I'm just imagining the technology of the n- that is incredibly advanced from the nearby colony is what's causing the problem.
2: Oh yeah, incredibly advanced ant- nearby ant colony.
0: Right, <laughs> they're building a rocket ship.
2: <laughs> okay, I like that. Um, and so weevil evil weevil infiltration. Uh huh. Um, incredibly advanced nearby ant colony. Um, something like truly cosmic, like. You're actually a colony that's inside a cage. Okay, and your human isn't feeding you anymore.
0: I like that a lot. Well. And, then, and, and maybe to make it even more, I mean, that one can just work in reality, right? That doesn't. But you could make it where our our hero is destined to to break to break the cage or something,
2: right? Like that's well, that's a challenge like you guys overcome once you realize like, okay, well, you got to break your you got to break your ant colony out of this. Yeah, you know,
0: ant.
1: Excellent. Um, and then it turns out that you're actually an ant colony in space. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it breaks open and you start floating through the ISS. <laughs> yeah, the
1: reason that
2: the reason that your ant colony is dying is because some ferret malfunctions the bots. <laughs> yeah, on, <laughs> on level two. Um. Okay.
0: These are all three good endings, I think.
2: Yeah, I like them all. Yeah.
0: Okay. Now, the only the thing is, if, you, if we're making this as a proper JRPG with you know, uh, you know, lots of art and settings and characters. It, we need to like thread the needle very delicately to make all three of these possible. Mm-hmm. But I think that would be a really fun challenge,
2: I think it'd be a really fun challenge too. I mean, I think I think there's a lot of this if as long as we get the mechanics, right, there's a lot of these gaps that the that the game master can fill in, yes, you know, and the player can fill in together, Ah, uh, yes. Whatever.
1: the fifth edition strategy where you just replace all the things that third edition did with, dm decides right (laughs)
2: yes (laughs) well i'm thinking more like in terms of like the world building and the and the story about yeah yeah yeah. like if we have those story beats already defined then like you can have fun in between those with the story however you like it's just like we do have to have mechanics that will make sense when we get to if we if we go down the evil weevil infiltration and we have to have mechanics that will make sense if we end up with the incredibly advanced nearby ant colony and we have to have mechanics that'll make sense if you end up with a captive ant colony and yep. you're not getting fed ending but that's kind of nice because that kind of defines like these are the mechanics that we want to have right
0: so for this the encounters we will will design let's just stick to those three battle or you know some sort of encounters rather than worrying about the previous scenes i think i think those are off the table now um in oh. terms of in terms of making mechanics for them We can just let's just focus on these three endings. Okay. In terms of like actually designing.
2: That's what you want to define next is like the mechanics we would need to have these endings.
0: If you think we're ready for it, unless we want to spin a little bit more on the story stuff, because this is fun.
2: Well, I think we might want to generate a little bit more of story story ideas because we, I mean, we might find at that point that we want to introduce more mechanics, but we also might see some opportunities to have them be the same. I think we have them. We want them to be the same. Because we want players to practice. Yeah, it's not.
0: It's time. not three different games. Right. Right. It's um. You know, in one of them, you have to like you know break through the glass, but you use your same weapons you would use if you're fighting off the Weevil Imposter, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I guess we we should come up with sort of a core mechanics for the for the for I guess the battle system. Like uh, assuming yes. all three of these yes. endings are going to involve a battle. So yes,
2: we'll need a battle system. But I also think like if we you also might need like a battle system and you also might need like a searching system because if you're trying to find more food or you're trying to find an escape route yeah um, battle system
0: or um, thinking of like the 2D20 system that Star Trek Adventures uses which is the pen and paper RPG I'm most familiar with now because I run that game is uh, everything is defined as a task like everything Mm -hmm. Uh, 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 fighting someone defending against someone uh, arguing with someone to get more information all those have a a simple mechanic that is adapted to everything we could do something like that, or we can come with like two different things, a battle system and a um, sort of action system, right? And and define like movement, action, fight as, as different things, that makes sense. I don't know, how do JRPGs generally do it? Like you, even live ones, uh, like the later Final Fantasies, still have menus that you, you know, categorize different types of actions and have different rules, right?
2: Yeah. Well, what can an ant do? They can move, they can bite. They can carry. They can carry. They can make sense. They can sense, they can use their antenna. Oh, sense, like they can leave a scent trail. Yes. Mm -hmm. And they can sense, scent trails. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm just going to write these down as ideas.
0: So actually, this could work pretty well. So the, the, the mechanics for the prior to the big twist can be about going off on quests to search for and find things to carry back, Right. And then the big twist is sort of like, none of that really mattered, sort of. Not to not that the twist would ruin your progress or anything. Maybe the amount of resources you gather in the early part of the game helps you ultimately fight the big battle at the end. But like, uh, yeah, the scent and pathfinding and uh, transport, this seems like ant things, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we could have like... Because I feel like one thing for RPGs is like random encounters Mm -hmm. or whatever. So, like, you could be, you could roll the die to see if you, how many like scent trails and how good the scent trails are that you're following to Mm -hmm. find this food. And then along the way, you have to fight like, you know, I don't know, other ants or uh, other types of bugs. Yeah. And then. Roll on the food table to see. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, okay, so it's like hunting for treasure, right? So um, uh, if we have an a enemy slash GM player, then maybe either they come up with the, the, the map that the player needs to navigate, um, or if they're strictly adversarial in, in terms of what the player does rather than being a GM, maybe we just have a system where it's all randomly determined, at least for our version of this game. And then in a, in random encounters, the other player just plays the enemies, right?
1: Yeah. That sounds good to me.
0: Okay.
2: So while you guys are talking, I'm kind of sketching out some initial mechanics and values for each of our characters, for mm-hmm. each of the actions that we took. So I wrote down worker, soldier, flyer, and weevil. And then I wrote down bite, move, carry, sense, and leave scent trail as action. So I'm thinking each of these have different values so we can balance them a little bit. So like, oh yeah, um, they're all going to have H, maybe the way that we distinguish between like, whether they're tankish or not is just hp. Mm-hmm. So, um maybe the worker has 10 hp and the soldier has like 15 hp and the flyer has 8 hp and the weevil has 20 or something. Sure. I like the idea of the weevil having more than the soldier because weevils are I was going to say crunchy. <laughs> um they have a they have a robust exoskeleton. <laughs> And those numbers might suck, but we can, we can, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so then for bite, I wrote down the worker has one, the soldier has three. I feel like, well, maybe the flyer also has one Mm
0: -hmm. and the
2: weevil has.
0: Yeah, like how effective is the weevil? Because the the weevil being a party member, but also weevils being a potential enemy. Like, uh, do we want the weevil to be like a big hulking goof in that it's like a, a tank that can't fight that hard, right? Yeah. Uh, so lots of HP, not a lot of offensive abilities. And I don't know what a weevil actually does in the wild. They eat dust. Okay, so they're not especially aggressive generally.
2: No, okay. no. Um, But maybe we could give them a push ability. So like none of the ants get push. Yeah. Um, But the weevil gets a push of like two. So they can use that action to like push on mm-hmm. the board. If you're, if you're laying on like a grid like in D&D or something like that, the weevil can like push the enemies.
0: Well, that works well because in in a in a scenario where you're fighting a bunch of them, the goal is like they can just deflect your attacks in some manner, uh, long enough for some you know something to collapse or for them to shove you into to a, a hazard. Yeah, and that could be their way of attacking against you without making the weevil in your party like you know because I, I want the weevil in your party to not be terribly useful, I guess. Yeah, or, yeah. To be very conditionally useful, so that that works pretty well the way you've defined it.
2: Yeah, I was thinking about maybe one way to do that would be to make the weevil, like, ants are pretty fast, right? Um, for bugs, I guess.
0: And I mean, I can outrun them.
2: Exactly. But weevils, do, do, they would not be able to outrun you, Mark. Okay. <laughs> for sure. They For sure, they can't outrun an ant. They're pretty slow. Yeah. So maybe, like, um, ants have a movement of, let's just say five, because that's easy. Yeah. Or maybe four, and the flyer has a movement of five or something. Oh, yeah.
0: Right, because the flyer is uh, has very weak offense, And not a lot of HP, so it makes sense that it would be fast-moving, not just narratively, but mechanically.
2: Right, and then um, the Weevil might have a movement of two or three.
0: Well, maybe the Weevil moves the same as the Worker. It's like the sort of Mario movement, because its it's other stats are really um, uh, high HP, low attack. Right. So maybe it just moves normally.
2: So, maybe we give the weevil an attack of one and the worker and the flyer an attack of or the worker an attack of two, and the soldier an attack of three, sure, yeah, okay, and the weevil can also push you, okay, so for carry, I feel like workers should be able to carry a lot,
0: mhm that seems like that's that's their job, right,
2: yeah, yeah, I don't know how what carry means. I'm gonna say <laughs> carry of five,
0: yeah, maybe that's just about like how much you can carry, yeah, so just it's almost like a. Uh, uh, analog for uh, inventory size.
2: Yeah, so you have an inventory size of five. I do feel like the soldier should have a similar size because soldiers' ants are big. The mm-hmm. flyer should have a small inventory.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, or smaller, maybe four. And the weevil can maybe have a four. All right, scents. I feel like, I don't know, man. <laughs> the weevil can't leave a scent trail because the weevil's not an ant. Yeah. I'm really thinking about this pretty hard. <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: Uh, uh, maybe. Well, the flyer will be not on the ground, so they can't smell the thing.
2: Or maybe they can sense more. I guess I put sense instead of smell.
1: Oh, uh, got it.
2: So maybe right. the flyer has good sense
0: score. So in a sort of an investigation task, this is this is the stat you check against.
2: Right. So like, if you roll a d10 as a as a worker, you get like.
1: Yeah, I think the workers should have pretty good because they're usually the ones going out and get stuff. I think soldiers should have not very good because right. their job is to just stand at the yeah. gate usually
0: the, the flyer could be a scout but maybe it's fast movement is enough for that Do you know what i mean uh, depending I think, on how we yeah. how we how well we where if it's, it's in
1: the fast. air it should have not very good right two <laughs>
0: different stats like it should have maybe the same as the worker on the ground but none in the air so the but like then you can land somewhere and then you can check something pretty well, but when you're in the air, you can't check anything, so you have to make frequent stops yeah. or something.
2: or you can't attack when you're in the air.
0: But you oh. can sense
2: more when you're in the air. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe that. And you can move faster
0: when you're in the Right, what, what is sense exactly? Is it discovering hidden things or just, just generalized seeing around you? Because in which case, flying would give you excellent sense, just on its own, right?
1: But if you're trying to do scent trails, it would be disadvantaged because you can't actually.
0: Right, so it's, yeah, that's the question is what is. Uh, what what are we, what are we fictionalizing? Yeah. Right.
1: Or
2: maybe it's just scent trails and scent trails is like a different, like ant specific way of communicating, you Mm -hmm. know, like, so the weevil can't leave scent trails, can't pick up scent, can't sense scent trails. Right. Ants can, can do that with each other.
0: Yeah. So in that case it would be flying. You'd have none, but on the ground you'd have a fair amount for the the flyer. Right. Right. For scent trails. Yeah.
1: Um, And maybe, yeah, it's opposite in the air for just general seeing. Perception. Right. Perception check. <laughs> if
0: we want to add a, an extra, it's, yeah. It, presumably there might be many more stats in, in a, a fully robust system.
2: Right. Okay. Gosh, I'm, I'm almost filled two pages of notes, so it's feeling pretty robust. <laughs> uh, okay, so scent trail. So like worker scent trail, maybe that's another rolling score and workers have.
3: Hmm.
0: I feel like just to simplify the mechanics, like you always leave a scent trail. And then the, the stat is just your ability to pick, up. To pick it up. Um, and so whether you leave oh, it or okay. not, is just whether you're an ant or not. Right? And then maybe the flyer doesn't leave a scent trail in the air. And so, so enemies that are trying to track you can, depending on their stat of sensing, can just follow your path. Right? Because you always leave a trail. Unless you're not an ant.
1: Right. Are they, wait, so, okay. So we, I think we have to go to the mechanics. To yeah to yeah. To figure out what these mean, because like, are you imagining? Like, are we imagining that the ants are we doing a grid based tactics RPG?
0: Right, or just purely encounter? Or- right.
1: So, like, if you have the weevil as the main party member or something, you're not leaving a scent trail, so you have less random encounters. Mm-hmm. Maybe. What if or there's like, um, how, do, how, how would that actually affect the yeah. gameplay?
0: So, how about in the overworld, it's grid based. And this is where you use your sensing ability to find resources as well as like pathways or wherever your goal is to go someplace. And then in an encounter, none of that matters. But when you're on the overworld, enemies can track you. Oh. And, and that's how the random encounters work is whether they, we don't need to show them on the grid. It could be more a case of like, There's a secret list of enemies that are in the area, and depending on maybe that they're uh, you maybe they are positioned on the map. But the closer you are to their position, uh, you you uh, uh, check that against their sensing score. So if you're far away and they have really good sense, then the chance of that encounter happening this round are relatively good. But if you're really close and their sensing is awful, then it's about the same chance.
2: Right. So um, I like that idea. I like the idea of, you know, you, we just find like here the, the GM has a, you know, 20 by 20 or 30 by 30, I don't know what the 20 by 20 is pretty huge, but maybe maybe 20 by 20 grid. And mm-hmm. the entire campaign, the three encounters all takes place on that grid. And they can yeah. lay out the map however they want. But the, the GM has like their GM screen map. Yeah. And they have all the scent trails marked out and where like the, the big twist at the end will take place. Um, but the players don't see that they have to sense, and so like
0: so you have oh, to search yeah. for resources, and then you might just stumble on the twist. Right. Okay, I like it.
2: Right, and then um, or maybe the twist happens like after you do both encounters, and then it appears wherever the the GM wants it sure. to. But like the GM could have the scent trails mapped out, the enemies mapped out, and then you get that cool over weird world feel in JRPGs where you're like running around and trying to, to do your stuff, and you randomly like oh you've encountered a
1: cactus. So it's like yeah, it's like adding in kind of um battleship mechanics, or something like you, yeah, happened to land on the square, and that's where the g m had put the
2: thing, yeah, so you like you can move four squares and you sent you you do like a sense roll and you find a thing of food, or you do a sense roll and you have find an enemy, or you do a sense roll, and you realize, crap, you are in enemy territory mm-hmm. um. And you can use your scent trail ability to, to do that.
0: So what if we, because thinking about what our tw- what the twists are, right? One of them is that you're in an ant colony in somebody's living room or on a space station or wherever we decide it's going yeah. to be. So maybe what we can do is just to preserve the integrity of that ending, but still match the others. What if our overworld grid is a series of paths like an, like an ant colony, you know, so that when you do a sense check, you, you don't get to the food, you find out where it is on the map. And then you have a couple of options from your sense check and then you decide you see the map You can say, what's the fastest route to get to each of those things or something. You, may, you need to make some sort of choice as to which one to go for, I guess, rather than it just being a grid that you can just go in any direction. Oh
2: yeah, so, I like that. I like that. So you have i I'm just going to do some sketching here to kind of uh, think through it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got this one. Um, so there's the grid and like you start in you know, one part of Whatever part your GM wants you to do.
0: Right. It'd be the home colony, you know, whatever.
2: Yep. And the first, your first challenge is the colony is dying and we need more food. So, um, you can do like a sense trail and you could get like a cardinal, like a, you get, there's might be some food here and there might be some food here. And then because the GM has mapped out exactly like what's there and what's along the way. Yeah. Then you like, you move. You move however many squares you want to for your move action, and then you every every one of your party members takes a turn. So like the the moving like basically the encounter kind of almost starts right there. Like you move, you say okay, your characters all move, and they all move towards whatever trail you want to go find out. Yeah, or you split them up and you actually put two of them over here, two more over here.
0: Oh, how about this? Um, so okay, uh, my first thought on that is (laughs) that in the overworld, because if this is going to be a single player game, I don't think we need to have the different party members have different moves Okay. I think I might just complicate it uh, oh yeah at least for the purposes of what we're doing now um, okay but I like okay. the idea of like you you get um, you do a sense check and and depending on how successful it is that's how many scent trails you discover mm-hmm. and then maybe instead of saying I'm gonna move left or right you say I'm gonna follow scent trail B and only the GM knows what direction that is and how far it and how long it is
1: oh yeah and
0: so the each sense trail can be the GM can describe it to the player. And then the player has to make a calculated risk, saying, "This one sounds like it has is a much greater treasure at the end, but it also sounds like it might take longer to travel." And because ants sort of work on a just moving forward based on whatever to, you know, sort of autonomically, that can kind of work. And then basically, you're on that trail, and then maybe every turn you move x number of of, of directions, but the GM moves you. Um, oh yeah, in along the path, which you have no idea what it looks like, and then. Let's say at the end of the turn, then you can decide to do another sense check and then you, you can get another trail and you could decide to split off. This is the only agency you have as an ant, I guess. But then you've, you've now wasted some time traveling, doing that first one. So there's some interesting choices perhaps. And then once you reach a, a destination, then some mechanic to get everything back to your, maybe it's just like a, a check or maybe you, maybe you have to expend one of your party members like a resource to take it back and then you're down one so that if you encounter an enemy, you have one fewer person or something. Yeah. Um, and then, um, yeah, you just need to get a certain number of those treasures discovered. Um, to trigger the... Either to trigger it or before a time limit. Um, because I'm trying to think of like, what is the pressure to to make it there quickly or to get more resources?
2: Uh, queen is dying. The colony is dying. And okay. The queen, the queen is starving and you need to find food
0: for her. So maybe the queen will die in X number of turns
3: mm-hmm.
0: or something? And you need to get back and every time you get something back there, then you get like a little extra you buy some time, perhaps.
2: Ooh, yeah, okay. What do you what do you think, Martha?
0: Sure. All this trail stuff sounds good to you. I feel like I went on for a while.
1: Yes, the trail stuff sounds really good. Okay. I like that. Uh
0: I just know, like, I need to know like I'm the only reason it wouldn't work is if each trail trail is as good as the other. Like what 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 basis does the player make the choice? But we can figure that out later, I guess.
1: I um, think, yeah. So I'm itching to get to how the ba- how the battles work. Okay yeah. so I think what we can do is we can try playing playing like try just yeah, let's playing some stuff uh, and 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 figure out how the battles are going to work.
0: Okay, so who wants to be our GM?
1: I'll, I'll try.
0: Okay, so you'll need to come up with like a little map with a couple of paths, um, and how, however how complicated you want to make that is up to you at this point. Okay. Um, and then Martha and I. Uh, we'll together. We'll co-play the the the, the character. Okay. Um, and then, uh, okay. So the first thing we do is leaving home. We now, we want to do a sense check of some kind.
1: How do we do that?
0: Yeah. Um, so I think in order to I don't like the idea of failure here. I think maybe just the idea of like how successful we are. Yes. It dep- then, um Then uh, Ellen needs to determine which of the paths we re- are revealed to us based on how successful our check is, if that makes sense?
2: I guess I was thinking you'd find both paths, but you Mm -hmm. wouldn't be able to get very much information. Oh, I like that. Oh, yeah.
1: So, you so like, if you do a... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. If you do... If you get... Roll, like, a six or whatever the highest number is, you get to know exactly what's at the end and, like, how good it's going to be. Yeah. But if you only get a one, they're like, there's two paths, A and B.
0: Right. So the information about the paths that exist mechanically are the value of the treasure or the resource you get. Um, and then I guess how long the path is. Right?
1: Yeah. Is or there like any a, other information a danger there's... meter. Okay. Maybe. How, that, how that... perilous. Yeah. <laughs> it's very perilous. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, and then that can either uh, um, be like a chance of an encounter along the way, basically. Yeah. So you might be able to get by without any encounters, but it's a risk. Yes. I like that a lot. Um. Maybe, uh, maybe we don't need to do this for this version, but I imagine the resources could be typed. So it could be uh, just food or it could be something else ants need. <laughs> and then there'd be, there'd be a reason to choose one water. or the other, right? Like, oh, these paths, um, oh, there's food here, there's water here. There's like, I don't know, whatever ants use for mortar, like, <laughs> like building materials. Um, and I only need one of them right now or something. Or like, I need this right. one badly, but it's such a risky path. But if I take the less risky path, then I've got more time to go for the risk, you know, stuff like that. Uh, maybe we don't need to worry about all the complexities of that now. Just resource, that makes sense for now.
1: Yeah, let's just make them all food for now.
0: Okay. Um, and then they have different, uh, uh, different amounts of food, so different uh, uh, value, uh, like one, two, or three, I guess. Sure. Whatever. Um, and then the, the queen needs, maybe the queen needs X amount per turn or per like round or cycle or something. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Or it just counts down until the queen, you know, croaks.
2: I think, yeah, I think like you need to get her X units of food within, within like five rounds or something
0: like that. Well, let's just assume we figured all that out and just, and and just our player motivation is, is get as much food as possible.
1: Yeah, let's just do that for now. Uh, Because we're just going to play two rounds Yeah, and then the final battle.
0: Okay. Mm -hmm.
1: So this is a, Tiny bite-sized game right now. Yeah.
0: So So um, the the uh, I was saying that it'd be nice just to have one character, you know, in the overworld area. But we have different party members with different stats for sensing. So how do we d- do? We determine who does that? Is it a combined a number? Um, well, maybe you choose. Maybe your party only has two or three people, but there's five character options. So that the, your check is determined based on the choice you made for your party composition.
1: Oh yeah. Uh, sure. Or it could just be like, a uh, yeah. Hmm. We're getting some complicated choices in here. Let's just yeah. say you get to pick who's going to do it.
0: Yeah. So let's just say the either the whatever has the best sensing, we'll just stick with that for now. Uh, we also don't know what the what you need to check against or what the chances of winning. Well, so. okay.
1: So if you're if you're like in a battle, yeah, like a random encounter, one of your people gets knocked out, you can't pick them to do the. Oh, okay. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. So, so you, you d- start off just picking your best stat and whatever you need to do.
1: Yeah. Yep. And then you get reduced options if someone gets knocked out. Yep. Okay. Uh,
0: all right. So let's do our sense check. So I guess we roll a die. What, what
1: number of dice did we roll? Uh,
2: I was thinking, I think it was, I kind of was thinking everything kind of based around D10s. Oh,
0: okay. Because uh, D10s are fun? Because 10 is easy. Okay. Because you can translate it. that into percentages and stuff.
1: Yeah, because 10 is easy. Yeah. This one's a percentage die. Here's the D10.
0: Okay, uh, so we have our maybe it's a roll and then you add your stat to get the number, t- or do you need to roll and roll under your stat? Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, just different ways to. I mean, it kind of doesn't really matter, but we could pick Let's something.
1: Let's do D&D style roll add set. Okay. Yeah. Is that what you were imagining? Yeah. And okay. then so,
0: uh, Ellen, you'll decide a threshold for the information we need, um, and this isn't you know you can just quickly. It doesn't have to be balanced. <laughs>
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um. Okay, I'm rolling. We're gonna have whoever's highest do the thing. Oh no,
0: <laughs> Martha rolled a one.
1: I rolled a one. <laughs> Hooray! Well, this well, is that's always out.
2: bad.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> one plus whatever it was.
2: So I'm gonna I'm gonna have the over ooh, the overworld map here, and I'm gonna use your this pink. one. Okay. So, so we've got
0: this uh, this uh, small piece of graph paper. Uh, that we're using and it's uh, for on the table it's blank but Ellen has her annotated version uh, hidden from Behind the scenes. Behind
1: the DM screen. Yep. Yeah. yeah.
2: (laughs) It's pretty janky right now. Um, So you guys are starting here Mm -hmm. and
1: your role of one Down in one of the corners.
2: (laughs) Yep. So we're down in one of the corners. So you guys uh, your, your role is enough to tell you that you've got two available scent trails that are leading to food mm-hmm. and one of them puts you roughly in this
1: area. That is, um, let's put coordinate planes on here. <laughs> what is that? North? Is this North?
0: That would be, so there's the four corners. We start in the lower left corner. This first general area is in the upper left corner.
2: Right. So let's say that that's North. So, um, so the first one of the food trails leads to the um very edge of the map on the upper on the north west corner. Uh-huh. Um and the other one leads generally to midway through the map towards towards the east. Kind uh-huh. of on the same but right along in the, same the south edge.
0: where we are. So in the not, south where you doesn't are. Doesn't seem too far away.
2: Um, but you don't you know you you just, like, forgot to clean off your antenna today, I guess. And
0: first Reception of all, isn't very good.
2: Gross. But, yeah, your reception's is <laughs> not very good. So, you don't really know, like, how, you don't really know exactly how far it is. And you can't really pick out any information about how good the food is or what else might be along the trail.
0: And, like, the path might be meandering, yeah, perhaps. So the shorter path might not be the shorter path. Right,
2: right. You only Ellen seems
0: th- like someone who would play that trick on us. <laughs> <laughs> you should <laughs> see the smile she's giving us. <laughs>
1: Okay, with clever <laughs> which which way do we want to go?
0: Well, I think let's just try that shorter path and see how bad an idea it's okay, let's do it all right we're gonna we're gonna take that so- shorter path, and so I guess we have a move into action at this point.
2: yeah, well, I guess this is where we have to figure out how how move works. I guess it doesn't really make I don't really like the idea of having to p- have people move within encounters. I feel like move should be a thing that we do along the path, and then each time you max out your move action we have to roll to see if you find the thing
0: uh, yeah i agree that makes sense okay okay or and then find the, a monster and right. then maybe the encounter right. happens along the way but you still end it at the end of your move exactly yeah. exactly
2: yes okay we're on the same page um i'm not taking great notes there can one of you guys scribble that down or i can try to scribble it but oh. i'm really worried about the shorthand that i'm using right now <laughs> um move
0: yeah we don't have steven here he just takes the notes for a nice games jam over and we over. put it all on ellen and uh, who took on the task with very little uh, um, protest. Probably because you didn't know how hard it was. <laughs>
3: <laughs> exactly. Um, you no, know, the
2: cool thing is like, I'm going to be able to scan these notes into my app. And so we'll post the PDF of what these notes look like. Yeah. It's going to be bad, you guys. <laughs> it won't just be
0: our edited text no. like you usually get.
2: No. Well, maybe you can get that too, but I will also <laughs> post. You should probably get that too, but you'll definitely get the raw notes as well. And you can make fun of me all you want. Okay. <laughs> so let me make sure that I got my map here. All right. So um, your movement... You have like one party movement score, right? Is that what we decided?
0: Yeah, and it can really be anything.
2: Let's just say four. Sure. Okay. Okay. So,
0: Martha, you comfortable with four?
1: Four sounds great.
0: Okay.
2: I realize these cubes are actually too big. We want a cube to be like a one
0: square. Oh, cube, right? Yes. Oh, we're now having some trouble with it. You know, just draw our path. Yeah, that's what I'll do. Right uh, on this graph paper. We don't need to actually use the tokens. Boop,
1: boop, 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 boop. Yeah. The, 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 pink cube can be where we like points of interest
0: yeah so i mean listeners who've heard our nice games jam know that sometimes we we like have to like work within the constraints of our materials (laughs) we also desperately try not to spend too much time working around the constraints of our materials but just to explain here we have these little cubes and our graph paper the cubes are like one and a half size uh, times bigger than the squares on the thing so it's kind of hard to visualize so we're just going to be drawing our path on the on the graph paper for now
1: Okay, we are now four squares away from the start. We have moved three squares to the east and one square to the north.
0: Okay, so progress. Uh, not quite a direct path.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Mark sounds worried. Okay, <laughs> so we have
2: moved have moved a four, and now it's time to roll. Let's do a sense. Um, let's do a sense trail. Let's see how do we do this. I want to like what what is the roll that you make?
0: Yeah, if you're it, trying
2: to avoid. A potential, or like find trouble. Because you're not looking for trouble, you're yeah. trying to avoid trouble. So there's a couple Let's of ways just, we could
0: do it, we could do it where it's just a random encounter check. So it's it's independent of our stats. Or, as you were saying, it's against our stats, mm. whether we uh, either found it, whatever it was, if it's a, a good encounter, or avoided it, if it was a bad encounter.
1: I like the idea of it not of this just being random. Okay. I yeah. think that that work for you, Marla? Yeah, I think for ease of simple, like simplicity for now, we should
0: yeah. do that. Maybe it's just um, it, you roll against a table, so it's like a D4 or D D6 or something. That's or, what I'm thinking. Yeah.
2: And then let's just stick with D10s if we're okay with that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. then we just more.
1: have only D10s. Right, then yeah. so. you only have to buy a D10 from... <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: we're thinking about the consumer here. Yes.
1: <laughs> you just need
2: two, d- two D10s for this game. Okay. um, So, you... Ellen rolled, rolled a two. I rolled a two. I rolled a two, and... Um, you guys start out on your journey and the weevil is kind of putzing around.
3: Mm-hmm. But it's keeping up. Yeah.
2: Keeping up. You're puffing along. And you <laughs> turn a corner and you follow the scent trail beneath a rock where you encounter a wounded house centipede.
1: Dun-dun-dun. Oh, no. That's the worst thing ever. Gross. No, 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 no. No, yeah. no, no. No, no, no. <laughs> dislike, dislike, dislike. No, no, no. And
2: it goes, it goes, <laughs>
1: No, this is How the you? this is the no. one bug
0: on the planet that Martha you have a problem with.
1: Yes, <laughs> I hate centipedes. I'm with you. Oh, there was one in my laundry room the other day. anyway, um woof, okay, let's defeat this thing. I want it gone <laughs>
0: <laughs> i My first instinct was like, "Oh, let's help it, but you're like, no, no, murder time." <laughs>
1: They have poison barbs on the end of their feet. No, <laughs> thank you.
2: It doesn't look like helping it is an option, Mark. This thing okay. is not happy to see you. Okay.
0: All right. Let's Let's uh, let's give it the what for.
2: Shoot. I got to give this
1: thing stats.
2: <laughs> okay.
0: Legs,
1: too many. <laughs> many, many
0: legs.
2: It's wounded, though, so it's missing some of its legs. Uh-huh. Okay.
0: Um, Aren't they not actually legs? Isn't that the thing about them?
2: I like, they're legs, but like they're... They have weird appendages on the front and the back that might
1: not be legs. The first three legs, three sets of legs Mm -hmm. are legs slash venom injecting thingies for other things. Yeah. Yep. They're not okay. The more you learn about them, the more they're not okay.
0: For those of you still with us.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We should put a content warning on this. Yeah. Discussion of centipedes (laughs) is happening. Let me just. Okay. So I got to quick come up with some
2: stats for centipede. Yeah. And the stats that we decided were important were like HPs and bite, right?
0: Yeah, pretty much. Just offense, defense for now. Okay. Um. Stab. (laughs) And so like each of our... Now each of us in the party has a chance to hear this in a a, a more complicated system. They would have abilities or heals or things like that. But we can just work with um, attack and defend. Um, So once we have stats, we'll just need to come up with a, a system for Ah, uh, with our d tens for how we what we check against and how we roll. How much is due to randomization versus how much is due to uh, the choices you make of which party your member attacks that sort of thing. Maybe the centipede has um, areas to attack, so you can choose to attack its head, body, or whatever those leg things are.
2: Um, I'm just gonna start with just like centipede. Yeah, fight the centipede.
0: All
3: right,
2: it's all right. Are you guys ready? Sure. Okay, so um maybe maybe we do with our we may just do a roll off to see which grows first the party of ants slash weevil,
0: so initiative,
2: yeah, initiative, okay. and just whoever rolls highest gets to go gets to do the first turn,
0: so this would be a good thing when designing encounters, you could have surprise encounters where the enemy just gets the initiative mm-hmm. versus ones where we stumble upon it, uh and then we roll for it
2: right here this should happen to be a centipede in your trail, so yeah, all right, all right. um, Martha, do you want to do the player roll or mark
0: uh, I'll do it. We'll just roll first? I, I just need a D10 so we can roll at the same time. Oh
2: gosh, we have so many of those. Here, I'll give you an orange one. Cool. It's really important to choose a good dye color. <laughs>
0: yeah. I. You're joking, but I kind of agree. <laughs> no, I don't think I'm joking. <laughs> okay, good.
1: Sorry, I'm just reading about centipedes to make sure what I said was right. This is important.
0: Martha, don't scare yourself. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I
1: think it's just the first,
0: uh-huh.
1: just the first set, okay, not the first so, three.
0: Uh, Ellen rolled an eight, and I rolled a measly three. So, uh, you know, you can just win the initiative, but maybe we would want to in a, in a system have like sensing be, or, or some other stat adjust these yeah, things. Yeah, like roles, if, you, know?
2: if your previous, if your initial sense role when you started out on your path was high, then maybe you get a bonus to initiative. Yeah,
0: you can maybe, maybe um, you can bank extra. So like if you only needed this much sensing, then you can bank the extra to add later. So, like, I'm uh, sure. imagine, like, we rolled sensing to determine the, the paths, right? Let's say we rolled really well. And we're like, okay, we're only going to use half of it. And then we, and then you tell us what we get. And then we just get to keep the rest
3: mm. to add
0: to other future sensing rolls or something. That would be a unique mechanic. Um, I,
2: like, I kind of like the idea of exploring that. I, I, w- I want to finish up the combat mechanics first. Yes, let's first.
0: ignore it for now. Um, Ellen has the initiative.
2: Bank. Sense? Question mark? Yeah. Okay.
0: Um I'm just trying to find interesting places to make choices. Right. Um but I don't know how well that would work at all.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, here's one. Okay. So um, the centipede is going to attack first. Okay. Maybe one choice is which of your party members does it attack?
3: Uh huh.
2: Oh, yeah. Maybe that's a player choice because I think in most like digital RPGs, there's, you know, there's a lot of algorithms and stuff that, or maybe it's random, but maybe this is something that the player gets to choose. Well, this
0: is a question about whether the GM is playing as a GM or as an opponent that's looking to win. Right. In which case, we want to put, give the GM a lot of interesting choices as well. Mm, Right. Good point. Good point. Um, my instinct is to let the GM decide regardless, right? Because one, it's interesting, but also the GM should have some strategy to actually try to defeat yeah, the player.
2: I like that. Okay, so um, I, as the centipede... Oh, wait,
0: I'm, we gave Ellen a lot of power just now.
2: Uh-oh. <laughs> um, well, I think my ultimate goal is not to kill everyone. It's to make an interesting game. Right. So um, so as a centipede, it's a sentence I've never thought I would say. <laughs> I, playing as the centipede, um, am going to attack
1: the... Forcipules, that's what they're called, the things that are pincer-like and are like legs. Well,
0: great. Now I know that.
1: Yep. <laughs> now you know. I just looked it up.
2: <laughs> I am going to attack, Is the, I guess the flyer is on the ground right now. I suppose so, Everyone's yeah. on the ground right now. So I'm going to attack the
1: flyer ants mm-hmm.
2: with my, what are they called?
1: Forcipules. Forciples?
2: <laughs> Forciples. <Force appeals>. Ugh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they're on centipedes and no other arthropods. Now you know. So maybe this is
2: <laughs> another, maybe this is just another like opposed role, like you roll defense and I roll offense, and if I roll yeah. higher than you, then I do my bite attack. Yeah,
0: right, right. Like and it. so you have an attack stat, but is what is there any defense stat we've came up with the for the party members?
2: Nope. Oh, we good. just have HPs, but maybe there should be a defense stat. It like, could. I
0: mean, if we wanted to make this a really simple system, uh, our, our attack could just be a strength, and it could be strength versus strength or something. Oh, yeah, let's do that. And, unless we really wanted to, to split offense and defensive for more balanced character classes or whatever. Um, but for now, maybe we just do strength versus strength just to get through it.
1: Yeah, I'd say that. Ellen? Or not.
0: Ellen's like, well, we just don't, Ellen's going to come with a better idea.
1: Well, no, I just want to have a
2: strength, strength. I just didn't do a strength thing for any of the, it's not something I had thought about earlier. The Weevil had strength. I mean, what about like exoskeleton or something?
1: Oh, like AC. yeah. Yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah. Um,
1: E-X. <laughs>
0: So uh, basically that you gave uh, each character a certain amount of hit points, which is sort of an analog for how it's defensive measures. So presumably you'd use a similar, uh, so maybe we all start with the same HP, but then the, the armor is, is.
2: Oh yeah. 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 Like that. Okay. Right? So, um, I use the right pen. Okay. <laughs> um, so, so everyone gets 10 HPs. Sure because 10 is easy, mm-hmm. and the worker gets plus 0 AC, or exoskeleton. The soldier gets, let's do plus 2. The flyer gets minus 1, and the weevil gets plus 4. Okay.
0: Yeah. Let's do it. Alright. Okay. So you're attacking the flyer, and so it's minus the- 1 to my roll. Right. And your attack is...
2: I feel like attack, maybe there's no plus attack. It's just like you roll your attack. Does that make sense?
0: Uh, but then, like
2: the strength of your bite is different,
0: right? That's what I was. That's what I was wondering. Is we have the the bite stat, which I'm just assuming is our attack roll, like the modifier, right?
2: Yeah, adds to that. And but then it's also the damage.
0: Oh, I see what you mean. It does that much damage. Right. Oh, I didn't think of it that way.
2: Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like the bite is what, how much damage you're your bite does but everyone has like the same plus to attack which is nothing it's so
0: funny how you there's all this shorthand but you're like no you actually do need to define some of these little it's more complicated than even even when you're doing it kind of simply
2: yeah i think i I think if everyone gets the same bonus to attack and then the difference is your your modifier to defense if everyone has the same modifier to attack then the differentiator between your different characters is the damage okay you, can we start with that? Uh,
0: let's just do that for now. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right, so uh, I have minus one. You just have a neutral because that's right, what attacks are. Neutral for attack. I rolled a 10.
2: Okay, so then you still, I rolled a seven.
0: So I got a nine.
2: So you still beat my roll. Hooray! So my bite attempt Finally, failed. Finally,
0: a break for Team Ant.
2: Yay! <laughs> Go team. Well, and, oh, okay, we didn't come up with names for ants. I guess that's, that's okay.
0: Well, the uh, players are just going to rename them Right, right, dumb things anyway. Right. So.
1: <laughs> Prince Dork. Yep,
2: guess it, <laughs> that's, that is definitely like okay. This game is working for me because if I'm to the point where I want to name my characters, yeah. I'm in. Okay,
1: right.
2: okay. So, um, I think that would would be the player's turn to attack the centipede. Yeah.
0: So it, maybe. So the question is, do, do each of the like in D and D, each of the player characters has its own initiative? If we're playing as a party and we have the, now we have the initiative is passed to us we then just determine which of our player goes, and then maybe they're spent for that cycle or something? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Sure, let's like do it. Right. Let's so, what do you what do you think, Martha?
1: Um, should we just attack with the big soldier? Let's do it. Okay,
0: you can go ahead and roll for this one.
1: Okay, rolling. Ooh, that was I got an eight. Pretty rough. Okay, so <laughs> and, and Ellen got a two.
2: Ah, uh, yeah, and so I don't have any modifiers to my exoskeleton, so your bite attack succeeds and your bite damage is three so i gotta keep track of some hps here Mm -hmm. oh boy this is (laughs)
3: is,
0: (laughs) well at this point i mean we've we've done an attack we've done a a defense i think we can fast forward through this and just assume we eventually kill it and but suffer damage along the way or do we want to actually play out any of the possible scenarios uh i'm just trying to avoid a a ton of rolls right now because we don't we already I, got an idea of what it is. I yeah. tried to
2: balance this to be pretty easy. It's a wounded centipede. Oh, okay. It's the it's thing of your nightmares, but it's damaged. Okay, so
0: uh, Ellen is telling us to follow through.
2: I think we should just skip ahead.
0: Oh, no, you I think, I think we should skip ahead because oh, okay. I, I
2: I know you guys would be able to beat this. Okay. Without too much trouble.
0: Okay, so let's just say we did.
2: Unlike me in real life, <laughs> I would have an extreme amount of difficulty with this encounter.
0: <laughs> Defeating a centipede.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have called my dogs in to get rid of them. Like, Pixel, come over here. There's a centipede. Please play with it until it's dead. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, okay, so we've completed this encounter. Is there any resulting? Do we get any fun prizes, or is it just we've survived to the next turn?
2: Man, I feel like when you kill a, when you defeat an enemy, like some enemies can be converted to
1: food. Okay, but then oh you, yeah, you have to carry them with you.
0: Yeah, so maybe it's a choice to make. It's do we. Do we send because it back?
1: It's not well. Might not be as good as the stuff we find because we could find like you know mm-hmm. a, a bunch of seeds or yeah. whatever.
0: Well, alternately, uh, this is where we can use the carry stat, right? Like it has a certain weight or something that eats up our carry uh, stats amongst the party or something. And maybe the reason why the different members of the party have different stats is that it's a it's about managing your remainders. So one character has a carry of four and this thing weighs three well then you can carry it but you can't you can only carry one more thing even though other members of the party can carry other things yeah or something
1: okay i like that okay Uh, so let's say we pick it up and and
0: just take it with us but it eats up our carry stat for some one of our party members
1: yeah let's do it
0: uh ellen now we need to decide how heavy it is
1: yeah well i was thinking i
2: think we it means the centipede's kind of heavy so Mm -hmm. um if we add up the carry stats of the party Which I like. I think that's a kind of cool way of doing it because then it opens the idea to having like modifications and people doing their own kind of player classes. Anyway, um, so yeah, so you guys have got eighteen carry capacity.
0: Okay. So for now, we'll just we'll just put them all in a bucket then and just assume it's yeah okay
2: yeah just for simpl
1: simplify sake
2: Mm -hmm. right. But this um the centipede, I mean, it's big. It's a small centipede, Uh but compared to you guys, it's big. So I think it actually takes up like ten. It's okay. two, you can, you guys chop it up with your mouth parts and divide <laughs> Mand- it Mandibles. With your mandibles. <laughs> and divide it amongst, you know, okay. two this the worker and the soldier.
0: So then the question is, is then do we carry it with us? And then if we find a treasure that then maxes our carry, we can drop some centipede. Okay. Right? Or do we send it back to secure it? Do you know what I mean? Because we're still so pretty close to home. I'd say. And for, if we do, what's the mechanic for that?
1: I'd say it's just like an inventory. So okay. we have it taking up inventory spot, and then okay. we can ditch part of it if we if we want. Okay, that better. Works for me. But now we have the our reward is that maybe we won't have to reach the have to go all the way down the path. Yeah, that makes sense because yeah. we already have food. I don't
0: know, right? We could just turn back now, but then the, how how effective is the food? But we decided not to worry about that just yet. We're still we're good. Yeah, our our motivations should still be to reach the the food.
1: Uh. Sure, yes.
0: Right.
2: Okay.
1: okay. So
2: you guys have um, current... So your current carry capacity is 10 out of 18. And your of your four units, two of them are maxed out.
0: Okay. Right.
2: Cool. Okay. So... Um, <laughs> right, you could
0: have, like, in this case, the centipede can be chopped up and divided if, amongst uh, any of us in any size. But maybe there's other items which have to be carried by one person or whatever but we don't need to worry about any of that but I like the idea that you know, the two of our characters are spent
2: right? yeah yeah because yeah, it's so much centipede that you're like your worker and your soldier are now just walking around with giant hunks of centipede in their mouths this game is weird
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay okay so now we're on our next turn and so the question is do we just continue on or is there an action we can do here to say do another sense check for additional information uh, but then maybe that costs us some speed or, or is it, like um, is there a choice here to make, or do we just move on?
2: Mm, I feel like you should be able to sense check whenever you have an opportunity to move again. Because you might decide that, like okay, it sounds like based on the information we got from our scent check that we don't want to continue on and we want to go back. Okay. Like. But know. there's no
0: cost to the sense check? No, I don't think so. But
2: you okay. Maybe only make one.
0: Her. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just a generalized sense check or do we have to maybe choose what to send? Like maybe a sense check could be we've sensed to see how valuable this centipede is as food. And then that couldn't help us make a choice about whether to turn around or not.
2: I that's maybe more, That that's cool, but it might be more complicated.
1: I, I say okay. we just make another general one. Yeah. yeah. And we get a chance to do that every time we stop yep. every end of turn, but okay. we can only do it then.
0: All right. We'll roll that dice. Okay. Aha.
1: I got an eight this time.
0: And that's plus our whatever our modifier was that we chose for whoever it was that did it. Or
2: I don't think you guys have a. We talked about maybe doing that, but I don't know if it makes sense to have a modifier for the full party on sense check. Yeah,
0: right? yeah, and and if maybe ultimately it's that the party has a sense. Uh, yeah, let's okay.
2: do that for for this version. But for
0: now, let's just yeah. the the value of the die is
2: well right, we get sure. right, and it's it's the difficulty that's set towards the the path, like the path difficulty mm-hmm. level.
0: Oh, that makes sense. You so know. once we're on the path, it has a, a modifier that maybe we don't even know about. Like that, that reduces our roll and then you check against whatever.
2: Yeah, or I was like, I was thinking maybe in terms of these like general rolls, like there's just a range. Like if you roll eight above, then you learn like pretty much all the available information. Okay. If you roll between like four and seven, then you learn some information, GM's discretion. Right, right, and right. And if you roll three or below, then it's like, okay, there's some food that way, that direction. <laughs> right, right. Really
1: <laughs> okay, so okay. we are in, we so are in- What did our eight get us? Okay,
2: all right, so for your your sense roll of eight was pretty awesome. And- Hey, good job. Someone, you know, one ant stopped to clean off another ant, and so all the antenna are working improperly this time. Or maybe the weevil helped, because the weevil eats dust. So maybe <laughs> the weevil was like, oh, okay, your antenna. There's some there's some fluffs
1: on there, and all the ants are like, "You're a strange ant. <laughs> like,
2: Why are you so weirdly shaped?" <laughs> um, we have to post a Wikipedia page to to weevils at the end of, for this episode because yeah. you guys are so cute. Anyway, okay, so you know that um, the food. Let me just finish drawing the map
1: here, so we can go another from their, our position. Now we can go over. To the east, Thank looks like saying. five squares. Then we go down to the south, one square, and then back over to the east for two, three more, two more squares, and then the X marks the spot is right there.
0: So this is the path revealed to us. We haven't moved it yet.
1: Yes, right. Okay.
2: So I, wrote, I, drew, I drew, I drew a dotted path to indicate where the path is and how many more movement turns the party right. would need to to get there um, and I drew where the food was. The thing I didn't draw on the map is how good the food is and so I wanted that's what I'm going to reveal to you though because you had a really good role so mm-hmm. it, they're, they're going to be a, you think you to be, be able to find three units of food at this place.
0: Oh three, three hear that? Nice. That sounds like a number <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's like the best number of the of the ones Oh right,
0: that. we decided it was going to be one, two, or three
1: Did we? I don't know, we <laughs> someone we talked about did. that okay. at
0: one point. So it's a, it's a good number, it's a, it's a, a valuable stash right? Let's do it. Okay. I say we keep going. In a, another scenario where you'd get some dotted lines, it, you might say, like, oh, it's too far away. Let's go back and try the other path that was shorter. But in this case, we already chose the shorter path, or so we thought. And so this information basically just confirms that, yeah, this is the right path, right? Yeah. All right.
2: Or it's it's path that will get you something that you need.
0: Yes.
1: We have information about this path.
0: Let's, let's move on, then.
1: Okay. okay We're so- going to move our movement speed. Okay,
0: mm-hmm. so...
2: One two three four. So roll your encounter die. See if you. Oh, you totally. You know you, you. don't even smell the scent of any centipedes. Not even. You know, like the only people who have, only people, only critters who have been here <laughs> recently, are ants from your colony. Uh-huh. Yeah. Ah. Nice. Cool. So You're feeling pretty good.
0: All right. Next turn, I guess then, right? Yeah. Do you want to
2: do another sense roll, or do you want to keep going? It's
0: doing uh, it can't hurt. Right. There's no cost to it. We've decided. So... Sure. Uh, we got a six.
2: Okay, a six. Um I mean you got a lot of information from the scent trail already. uh uh-huh. Um you you get this, you know, you get the sense that there's there's obviously been some traffic from your colony on this scent trail, but there are the sense of other critters that pass in, like the centipede that you guys encountered. And you get you get the sense that there's moderate traffic on this path. Like <laughs> there's some critters that come in and out that are not ants, not ants from your colony, uh-huh. but you know, it's it's not there's no, you don't sense like looming danger around every turn. Right. Or every pebble or every blade of grass.
0: Cool. So, really, we, we should be prepared. We should be confident, but prepared to be surprised. Okay. <laughs> all right. Let's Sounds move, good. Moving on then. We're moving. Okay. So,
2: moving another four squares. I'm going to draw the rest of the path that I sketched out. One,
0: two, three, four. And does that that get us to our, our goal?
2: It gets you to your food goal.
0: Hey. Yay. All right. So, at this point, we all, we, we, we knew it was good food, but do we know how much it will take to carry?
2: So, um, yeah, I guess that's a good question. So this is, this is where I'm wondering, like, you know, there's going to be food there. And then maybe, but I'm wondering, do we, do we do a roll or something for how, like, exactly what you find or how much you can, I don't know. I, am,
0: I imagine that if we didn't, weren't able to sense things up to now, then once we get there, it would all just be revealed to us.
2: Right, or you have to sense to figure out how much food you can find.
0: Right, because I guess th- that's the question is, and this is comes back a little bit to the theming is like when you find your your cache of food, how it, does an ant just find it, or is it something you have to actually like dig around for in the little space that you determined?
1: Maybe yeah. I don't know what
0: ants actually do. So
1: <laughs> I mean, it depends on what they're finding. Yeah, like if they come in your house and find the uh, plate of food that you left
0: out, right? Then then just getting there is the whole battle. Yeah, right? and then
1: well, and ripping off pieces to then carry back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe this is another like sense
2: or sense sent roll. Um, like maybe you can maybe as you're doing the as you're moving along the path and doing your sense rolls along the way, you can get information about like there will be up to six units of food at this place. Mm-hmm. But once you actually get there, then you have to do a sense roll to find it and see how many you get.
0: Maybe it's a a case of sometimes you do and sometimes you don't so like if you're far away on the scent trail and you sense the food then you know you get a you get a you can get all the information about it but you actually don't know if it's hidden from view right mm. and once you get there that's like the last unknown and then it's just like a it's just a randomized flip a coin whether it's just sitting out there for you to grab or whether there's a task you need to complete in order to get it either a get it out from embedded in the wall, find it because it's hidden. Um, maybe even in extremely unlucky scenarios, it is just absolutely out of reach and and it's a dead end, uh, you know? Uh, so there could be lots of different versions of, of this encounter that you sort of, there's some tension before you reach it.
2: Yeah, like it's behind a wall and you have to chew through it or something Yeah, like so you
0: use your stats, your attacking stats to actually pry it loose. Or you need to use your sensing stats because you can't see it.
2: Let's try that. Let's, let's say like okay, so you got here, um, but it seems like it's scattered all over the ground. Yeah, um, and you, you pretty, felt pretty confident that there would be up to three units of food to be able to find it. Um, so let's let's do let's have you guys do a sense roll to see if you can find like, how many pieces of food you're able to find.
1: Okay, seven.
2: Okay, so let me just look, I made a little range here of like, I'm kind of like thinking about fate, how like you just like the steps. And so uh-huh. I made like a great success and then like a middling and then not so great. So um, you have like a middling, like the top of the middling roll, so you're able to find two of the three food units that you think are okay. Um, I guess the thing is you could choose to do another search and try to find the remaining ones. But, but it that, would take a turn. It would take a turn and it might trigger another encounter.
0: Right. All right.
1: Yes, um, I say that probably maybe more than three should be the top.
2: Yeah, you're probably right. So
0: you mean that we'd be able to, we'd potentially be able to. It'd be the whole like uh, deposit of potato chip crumbs or whatever. Yeah. Okay.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, like just that. in general, not necessarily for this specific right, food that right. we're getting right now. Oh, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And so yeah.
0: there's a lot more of like. How many turns do we spend before it starts getting too risky to keep gathering?
2: So I was thinking, like, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I had,
1: yeah. Well, let's question. just say there were three here. Yep. That was that was the number that was put, we, and we'll decide.
0: You we know, we got two. We feel that we don't. It's not worth spending an extra turn to get that last one. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. But let's just assume we have game knowledge that tells us this is good enough. Um, and then we, the mechanic now is. Do we? This is a one-way path, at least the way we think it's drawn. So, do we sense to maybe take? Do we just go back? And that's what we have to do. We have to return it, or do we just say that in this game, going back home is free because it'd be kind of boring just to continue encounters on the way back? I
2: think going back home is
0: free. Okay, okay. does that sound good to you? Yeah.
2: Let's go back home. So you guys have twelve out of twelve food units out of a capacity of eighteen.
0: Okay. All right. Because of that centipede. Yes.
2: Yeah, you got a good chunk of centipede in there.
0: Yeah. Okay All so right. at this point then we can take the second path or we could sense roll to find maybe additional paths or something or um maybe at this point we can now move on to the twist and the final
1: encounter. Yeah, I'd say like like if we were playing it full a full game we yeah. would try other scent paths and whatever figure out what exact how many we have before we get to the twist but let's assume we spent our 60 hours playing the game grinding <laughs> yeah. and now yeah. is the twist. You have
2: to get your, your- between like 30 food units or something right right and then once you do that then it triggers the the final event or something
0: yeah something like that okay Okay, so now we have our three possible story endings our big twist um and it really is just a matter of i guess it really i think that the my instinct is just it's purely random like there's nothing we can do to decide what which of the three my guess you know you play this game a couple of times you know what the endings are but there's almost I almost prefer a slot machine mechanic to to having to manipulate your way to an ending.
1: Yeah. Let's right? so let's right now have the GM roll yeah. a die and uh, then see what it is.
2: I gotta think about, we're only gonna use I like the constraint of having you can only use D tens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kinda like that. Um, I have seen a three D printed D three before.
0: Yes. It's yeah. pretty
1: cool. Let's say that um it's divided up into threes, uh so that's nine, and then if you get a ten you reroll.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Part of me wants to, even though the D6 is so boring, part of me wants to do that because ants have six legs.
1: But yeah, we've chose D10s at the beginning. Yeah, it's too. That would have been a great idea back then. <laughs> or we
2: or you can do D or we could change that constraint and see like all the regular roles are are decided by D10, except for this your fate is the D six.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, if this if this I'd, were like a, bo- a box you bought at a store, like what would be the props that w- what would feel interesting? Yeah, we don't need to worry about it now, but yeah.
1: Well, I'd say right now let's just roll the d10. Yep, roll okay. a ten and you roll again. So
0: six, so that's the second, right? Yeah. Which one was that? I guess you'll reveal it to us in dramatic fashion.
2: Okay. Gosh, um, I need. To, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna make some some stats on the fly. I'm gonna I'm gonna make some stuff up on the fly here, you guys. It's gonna okay. be awesome. <laughs> okay, so you 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 are able to fulfill your queen's command and bring thirty units of food back to the colony throughout your your various travels. Now, Go I will team. say that, <laughs> that like your team is a little bit, like, let's say, I mean, we might want to adjust our HP here because uh-huh. I think you would have encountered some more enemies and things like that. So uh-huh. you're not going to be going in full hit points.
0: No um, doesn't have the confidence that we would make it through unscathed.
2: <laughs> <laughs> not with me as GM. <laughs> <laughs> Starting, it was 10, 15, 8, and 20. And oh, that's a badly drawn 8. You guys are going to be able to see that.
1: Oh, didn't all we decide that we had all had ten? Wait, yeah, we did. We decided yeah, we all yeah, had yeah. ten.
0: And that was just her armor <laughs> stats. <whatever. laughs> uh
1: let's let's say we all have ten and maybe that we healed up.
2: <laughs> yeah, maybe whenever you go back to the colony, you heal back to full.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That could also make the encounters more risky. Each one could could kill us. You know, like in terms of a design constraint. Yeah. Okay. Um, so but for now, yeah, let's just say we're back to ten.
2: everyone's got ten. Um exoskeleton. That's right. Okay, so everyone's back at ten, and you're back at your you're back at the colony. The queen is very pleased with you. Turns out she likes the taste of centipede. Um, <laughs> probably yeah. the only ant on the planet um, who likes the taste of centipede. Um, but as you're, you know, as you are. Starting, you know, turning from your from your foraging, the task of foraging, and um, to the task of like maybe cleaning up the colony or just being one of the ants that, that's just standing around at any per- point in time. <laughs> Apparently, that's the thing. Like some of the ants are just standing around doing nothing. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, sign me up for that job. <laughs> yeah,
2: for sure. <laughs> um, there is a there is a rumbling near the yeah a rumbling near the entrance of the main ant hill you're going to have to go out and investigate. So as you you and a lot of a lot of other ants are going to scramble to the surface and there's a little bit of a traffic jam as you're going to the surface and what you see is a a swarm of huge dragonflies descending from the sky and like landing on near the anthill next to you like the, near your anthill and then like depositing these like this horde of other ants that are they smell different than you. They smell that these are different ants, and they they have, like, their are exoskeleton, they're shiny, and you can see that they're, like, they have this, they, I don't know, they're using some weird biting technique to... Control these dragonflies, and so like you see, like there's a like a little dra- like a little ant pilot on the top of each dragonfly with like, like like rubbing its antenna the right way to get it to go up, and then it like flies away, and then it goes back, and then you'll see another dragonfly come down, and like the pilot and will hold on to the dragonfly antenna, and the other ants will like jump off, go 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 go, and you are being attacked by a inexplicably advanced. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, advanced um ant colony civilization.
0: This is so unexpected. From,
1: <laughs> dun, dun,
2: dun. from the yard next door, you are facing off against the phalanx um of soldier ants that's leading the charge here. Dang. And um
0: I do not like our chances. No. <laughs> Dislike. Yeah. So this would be like in a, in a longer form game, this would be like um we would be under, we'd be instant underdogs now. So mechanically, like the four of us, the, the the party can't reasonably well maybe win against an army of advanced. Maybe
1: this is like one of those things where the boss shows up halfway through the game. Yeah, shows the twist of what's happening, really. But then they do that thing where they you defeat them the first encounter, and then uh-huh. they're like, "Oh, well, I don't have time to deal with you. We're- <laughs> I have other things to do. So smell you later." Right, and then you know.
0: Actually, you know what would be great know, is the know. ultimate twist later on would be big twist, like phalanx of advanced ants and dragonflies. And then on our first battle, we barely scrape it out. And the boss does that. says so like, oh, you know, like either you haven't seen the last of me or oh, I don't have time for this. And it turns out it was just a test of our defenses.
2: Or you get buzzed by a dragonfly.
0: I'm just trying to find some reason <laughs> we don't just instantly die.
2: Here. <laughs> well, so I was thinking like you have a phalanx of soldier ants, but I feel like if you're facing off against a group enemy, then yeah. the GM's going to be constrained by the same things that you have. Uh-huh. Um, and I also think you know, like we put aside the—I think I had put aside the idea of the weevil being able to push. Yeah, maybe right. That's that was still good. A thing.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: The weevil
2: can still push, and that like disables when of the enemies for a round.
0: Yeah, like oh, in in yeah. RPG style, like w- the reason the player party has an advantage is not necessarily because of stats or or pure brute force, but because they have abilities and and weird, interesting mechanics that enemies generally don't have. So that would be something. Presumably, we would also right. have along our adventures. We've learned new skills, picked up implements, uh, and in this and like the weevil being able to push would be something that the enemy would be totally unprepared for. Yeah. Um, so that would all line up. Bio we'd have, blaster. We'd have, <laughs> <laughs> we'd have more stuff like that, I suppose.
2: Venom spray. Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So right, so do how it. does this encounter work then? Okay, I gotta finish writing some stats. So I'm just transferring um, the bite values from one page to the
1: next
0: so do we need to break through this phalanx to get at the boss or is this really just about survival
2: Ooh, I hadn't thought about making it a two-phase fight but if it's a jrpg it's got to have phases right yeah so let's 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 um let uh
1: let's Well, for the recording, maybe we should just do one phase.
0: Yes, we're we're running short (laughs) on time now.
1: (laughs)
2: Okay, so yeah, for sure. Let's let's retcon a little bit. There's only one dragonfly. Yeah. And you know that it's going to take off and go back and get more soldier ants.
0: Okay, so we need to intercept this dragonfly. Or, or this, 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 yeah, disable
2: it. Yeah, so there's one dragonfly and it's coming, it's taking trips, and each time it comes back, it's bringing more soldier ants. And I want to uh, say, you're not the only party of ants that's fighting against this horde. Right, right. But this is the phalanx you need to get through to be able to disable the dragonfly that they have tamed.
0: Okay, I like it. All
2: okay, right, let's or, do it. Or maybe they're, maybe just disable the pilot and set the dragonfly free.
0: Ooh. Right. Because okay. all JRPGs have an environmental message.
2: Right. <laughs> 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 okay, um... Okay, so these are soldier ants. They have HP (laughs)
1: ten, but they're super soldier ants.
0: So before we get to this final battle, we want to discuss titles, right? We take a break before a little calm before the storm. We wanted to have a fun RPG title for this game, and what were we thinking?
2: (laughs) Well, I think the the constraints for the title or criteria that were given were it has to have a colon in it. Yep. It has to be
1: sounding amazing and epic.
0: Right. Because it is. It has to have a few too many words than is practical. So two ofs was the constraint. Well, that's what and I was thinking. maybe
1: but- a number like five or two or whatever. Like, Well, let's
0: not get that far ahead of
2: okay. ourselves. We can call it one. Yeah. Ants of Destiny, one, colon. Or Ants of Destiny, colon.
0: Uh-huh. And
2: then we have to have another oven in there. Hmm. Morsels of the Queen.
0: Dang. That's great.
1: Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> oh, my God.
0: <laughs> okay, now with that important business taken care of, yeah. <laughs> we can now participate in the uh, final battle uh, to save this these Ants of Destiny. <laughs>
2: <laughs> save our Ants, Ants of Destiny colony and defeat the evil, um, inexplicably advanced ant colony yeah. from the country next door, from the yard next door. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so the first thing we did was we were we rolled. Uh, I think we decided on initiative. Which party yep. goes first, right? So mm-hmm. and that's we decided just to be like a for now,
0: just a roll off.
2: Just a roll off. There might be some opportunity to use your sense,
0: your most recent Something, sense. Something. Yeah. A,
2: this is like feel like this is different because it's the big the big bad card again. But yeah, who wants to do the roll off for initiative?
0: Uh, Martha, why don't you take charge?
1: Da 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 da.
2: Six. Ooh, and I rolled a ten. So the. Evil, The evil empire ants are going to go first. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a party of ants. You're facing three super soldier ants from the advanced colony. They were dropped off by the dragonfly. Mm-hmm. Um, and they look pretty nasty. Um, very sharp mandibles.
0: Hey, we've fought a centipede.
2: <laughs> and you lived.
0: <laughs> Nothing is as nasty. Like... <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, it's true um, okay so um, I, but I'm under, under the same constraints with party style fighting as you would be so as opposed to like having like the one enemy that we had with the centipede right. goes after every time you guys go I do one character and that character's spent you guys do one character and that character sounds good so um, there's a oh man I just realized I could have like a leader ant and that ant could have different stats but not yeah, for yeah. now so I'm just going to go ant one Ant three. So ant one, the leftmost ant is going to attack um, going to attack the flyer.
0: So there's just three enemy ants?
2: Three enemy
1: ants. Oh, the flyer's off the ground. What? No, this is the weevil with an ant costume on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, to describe what I'm seeing. We have three green cubes
2: representing the evil enemy ants. Oh, we're going to take a picture. And then for Brown cubes, but underneath one brown cube is an orange cube because that's the weevil pretending to be an ant.
0: <laughs> and then Martha has also arranged a number of cubes in the shape of a dragonfly behind <gasps> the ants. So cute.
2: <laughs> okay. All right. So the um, the first the first em- imperial ant is mm-hmm. going to attack the flyer ant. Okay. Um. Okay. And the flyer ant has a exoskeleton modifier of negative one.
0: All right, I'll roll for round 7.
2: Okay, so I rolled a 2, so the um the imperial ant kind of rushes at the flyer and going. Lar, lar, lar,
0: <laughs> Wait, what was that?
2: Lar, 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 with his mandibles and um the flyer is pretty nimble, so the flyer like dances back and goes. Ha.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love all this flavor. Okay, so now it's someone on our side. Yep. So, uh who should we who should we go first? Oh, uh, let's,
1: let's do, um, I don't know, is this the worker ant?
0: Sure. Okay. Why don't you roll for that? And who, we're just attacking the, the that first, that leftmost one that attacked. Yeah, which one are you attacking?
1: Sure, let's do the leftmost one. Number
0: one. Okay.
1: Number one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and what did you roll? I okay. rolled
2: a six. Okay. So the, um, these ones are soldier ants. So they have an exo modifier of three, which means it meets. So... What do we do for ties? D, and D meets it beats, but I think that's usually a, the uh,
0: the. Uh, I think in the case of a tie, just for fun, just roll again.
2: Sure. Yeah. Okay. That makes it easy. Like, but
0: with no modifier. Oh, okay. Just a roll. Just who rolls higher? It's like war, yeah. right?
1: Oh yeah. Okay. I rolled a six, and you, Ellen rolled a three. I rolled mm-hmm.
2: a three, so you um. And which
1: one are you attacking with? Like? I was of your teeth. One. You
0: made it through, right?
1: Dodge! 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 <laughs> do, 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 Attack! Do. I'm just impatient. <laughs> okay, um,
2: so first...
0: Martha wants these enemies dead.
2: So, did you attack Ant 1, Ant 2, or Ant 3? I attacked Ant 1. The one that just attacked you, you're attacking it back? Yes. Okay, so you... And you made your head, so you have to roll for damage.
1: Wait, no, you just do damage, yeah. right? And you attacked with the flyer? I attacked with the... um just regular worker.
2: The regular worker? Okay, so your bite is 2. So, you just automatically take down 2 damage.
1: So, that one.
2: You... You sink your mandibles into it, and it goes, ah, in the ants speak. Uh-huh. It releases a scent that you don't recognize, and you, it disgusts
1: you. <laughs> <laughs> but it smells of fear, and that makes you happy. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so now you get to attack again.
2: Yep, so the middle ant steps up and is going to attack the flyer again as well.
0: Okay, I'll roll for that. Six so five okay spot a fire
2: really, really squirmy flyer so the flyer dodges again and is able to um, evade all
0: right at this point the flyer's got to get an attack in because it's getting kind of angry sure so uh, let's say we uh, we concentrate on that single ant that we attacked earlier.
1: Yeah, let's all do right. it
0: all right uh flyer ant is attacking I rolled a one
1: okay
2: so pause roll. I also rolled a one, but hey. the EXO modifier is three, so clearly, like the the flyer is angry and really brave, yeah, and rushes forward, little flit of its wings, and tries to gnash at the 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 you know the first ant, yeah, totally misses, <laughs> and you get a little like laugh, like this this ant is amused by <laughs> the flyer's pitiful attempts.
0: Okay, so your final ant of your trio is up.
2: Yeah, are you guys keeping track of which ants have gone? Yeah, yep.
0: we have two left.
2: Okay, cool. Um. All right. So, ant of the Trio, um, is going to step forth and attack the flyer again. Yeesh. Yeah. Yeah. Five. Okay. Minus one. Right. Okay. So the this attack hits because I rolled a six and mm-hmm. you have you four. have four. Okay. So. The bite on these soldier ants is a little bit boosted because they're super soldier ants. So the flyer takes four bite damage. Oof. Okay, so the flyer is down to six out of ten hit points. Mm-hmm. The flyer is down to six out of ten. Points.
3: <laughs> what?
2: Well, we didn't. We haven't used the flying mechanic.
0: Yeah. Oh. Well, one of the things that I'm thinking of too is when we for for which of the party goes in what order. There doesn't seem to be any particular reason why to pick one over the other right now. Yeah. Um, I'm not looking to solve that, but that's something that we would want to solve. Is like, what would. Otherwise, you would just have them go based on like a a, a static initiative modifier or something. Like, they always go in this order, just so that it's. To well, prevent a player from making like a, an uninteresting choice.
2: Yeah. Well, I think that might become. That must, might have to be influenced by the stats. So, like, the soldier has. Um, higher exoskeleton and higher bite value. So you might want to have them attack first. Mm -hmm. Um, The weevil doesn't have, you know, has a pretty pitiful bite, but also has that push ability to knock, knock things out of the turn. So you would, oh,
0: so then that's what it'd be. A push would be to basically stun an enemy for this round.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm thinking maybe fly does remove the, we talked about flying, like removing the fly, the flyer from the, from the battle. Maybe it also lets you get like a boost to your, to your attack or something like
0: that. Maybe um, if we were to... Uh, Martha has these cues sort of arranged just visually for our benefit, the way it would sort of appear on a screen, but maybe there's something about the flyer can attack enemies that are otherwise out of reach from the other players.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, for now, I say, let's say like if last turn we attacked with the flyer and had them fly, that they just disappear for a round, and then their attack happens the next round. Oh, like So a two attacks will happen at once the next round. Oh, like,
0: yeah. Oh, that's the fly ability. It's
1: like fly in Pokemon. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Okay.
0: Is that exactly how that works in Pokemon? Yeah. Okay.
2: <laughs> okay, so they get removed for they skip a skip around, but then they come back and do two.
0: Well, we actually used that one already to attack.
2: Right. So let's say we... Let's just say
0: we didn't do that. We'll do it next turn.
2: In the next round. So it's still in, but you have the option of doing it. So you already wow. used the flyer.
0: So we haven't used the weevil or the soldier ant. Uh, and now it's our, Now we can use both of them, right? Because your three have gone, and our two are left.
2: Right.
1: So, yes. Uh, so, Martha. Uh... Okay. So, uh, let's do the weave. Well, let's do the soldier first. Uh
0: huh.
2: All right.
1: Okay. Get a nine. Which one are you attacking? Oh, I'm attacking. Which one am I attacking? First the one first again? one. The first one.
2: Okay. I got a ten. And we have, I have an EXO of three.
0: So that's a miss.
2: That's a pretty good roll for defense on the first
0: hand. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So now our weevil is our last actor. So we can attack, or we can tr- figure out what this push does.
1: Uh, I'd say push makes them skip the next round,
0: right? Well, so the question then is, um, if a weevil pushes a uh, a all th- all three of our enemies have gone this round, and so. If the if the push ability were to say take the the en- the enemy that it hits out of this round, then there would be strategically oh, a, yeah, uh, to uh, beneficial first. to go early. Whereas if it takes it out of the next time it goes, then it doesn't matter. Let's, let's, let's do just it.
1: say it's this round only. So that, uh, we we didn't do the weevil push right. at the right time. So let's say I have the weevil attack. Sure.
0: So we'll attack that first one again.
2: Okay. So the weevils attacking, not pushing. Got it. All right, So right. You're attacking the first one. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Okay. Oof two okay Alan got a five
2: yeah plus three i realize the exoskeleton modifier is pretty hard here
1: yeah no. well i think i think for now let's like we can spend like when if we're really making this into a real rpg we, we could spend a lot out, of time yeah. spending balancing out things well, we made and stuff our choices like that. yeah so we made our choices and i say that okay we missed and now we did a whole round so yep, that's so how that's round. how a battle works mm-hmm. um do should we do the whole battle just off
0: camera if ellen has something uh in there that's that is interesting uh for the next round of battle or for i think the the fly and the push mechanic i think we've pretty much explained how that would work um more or less we don't need to play it out um what do you think ellen
2: oh gosh i hadn't really thought about that but yeah just like beating on these three soldiers especially when their exoskeleton is so high yeah um
1: I'm just thinking for interesting audio.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's say, let's let's just fast forward like we did last round to the end of this round. So we defeat the enemies and then is there something that we need to do for the dragonfly, do you think? Um, uh, to to Or do we just sort of reach our goal and then trigger a cutscene? Which is good too.
2: Yeah. Well, I feel like if, you know, if we were going to do this for real, I, I'm realizing two things. One, just beating on some soldier ants is kind of boring. Yeah. So there might need to be some kind of mechanic where, like, once like there's a random chance for them for their like technology to falter and then their exoskeleton goes to zero. Yeah. Or something like that. Um, which would be kind of cool. So. Or like
0: you were saying early on when we started this, that you had wished that there was more differentiation between the targets, um, which would either make them more appealing to attack or more uh, interesting. In which order do they attack us? Um, I think that's a pretty easy solve um there
2: yeah so it's not just the three soldier ants yeah. but i i mean like you can i feel like you can put it in a mod like that random thing of like their exoskeleton goes to zero yeah be interesting because then it also is like you have an opportunity to attack
0: right as an opening and like oh, we were gonna have the weevil push this round but oh the conditions have changed in the moment let's change our plan
1: or like the flyer went up and the flyer has to choose a target before they fly
0: Oh, that's so. Good. Maybe
1: it could happen to be the one that they pick. Yeah, or it could happen to be the not the one they pick, but the, so then they miss their opportunity.
0: Uh huh. Or like you can take the bet that that one will be the prime target, but you're not certain. But you have to choose now, right? Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah, that's well. Cool. So okay, okay. Well, I think we're fully into um, the um, the post mortem uh, portion of the episode. Yeah. So let's uh, like, uh, the whole system. Like, like there's lots unfinished. Um, what do we think? It
1: just makes me appreciate how much attention to detail goes into making an in like a, a old uh, JRPG style yeah. game. Like, oh my God, there's so many numbers you have to balance. Yeah. And like, yeah, that just makes me really appreciate the mm-hmm. designers of those games.
0: <laughs> yeah. One of the things that we've identified, like you were saying, just wailing on the three enemy ants is not that fun. That's how most game JRPGs work. So uh, that's not a particular failing of our design. Um, but I would, I would much prefer to fix that than to just say like, oh, it's what everyone does. Yeah. Um, but then I don't know what's the audience expectation. Is there something sort of calming about just like, you know, like building a wall brick by brick and just taking down enemies one by one or, or, or is it, can it be overwhelming to have to constantly think strategically all the time oh, for yeah. every action you take, which is my preference, but I don't know, is, would everybody like that?
2: I think, I think, if you know, in a, in a digital setting where your your characters are all pretty different and you have you know like in a a jrpg um that isn't ants on a table uh you have like tons of items to pick from and you have like the the like your talent trees that you can shape and so the modifications you can make to your character are immense and i think that means that like by default one encounter is always going to feel different to the next because mm-hmm. you will have different skills. You will have different gear. You might have a different character in there. You might have different skill sets and have skill trees and things like that. Um, So it makes it just by, by going into a fight, even if you're wailing on three of the same enemy, mm-hmm. there's a ton of variability in how your party approaches those enemies that makes that. Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And so like, you know, I think it's, we have this problem when we try to get into more complicated systems. We do nice games jam. Is that a lot of it just relies on content and like having more and more inventory items, abilities, and all those things? It just becomes diff- It's difficult to abstract and say like, oh, let's just do one or two of them and see how it plays. Because core to the the fun of the gameplay loop is having a lot of those options, right? And that's hard to uh, virtualize in a in a in a jam setting like this. You have to sort of imagine it works that way, I guess. Like, even with the uh, the abilities we have, the fly and push, like, we sort of just sort of like, oh, right, and we've got that. We didn't really, weren't able to to get enough time to really test it out. And that makes it kind of difficult to build a system because you want the system itself, the mechanics to be more complex, to cover up uh, failings in which would otherwise be solved by just having more stuff, right?
2: Yeah. But well, I kind of like that. I mean, like,
0: mm-hmm.
2: it makes you really really nail those mechanics.
0: Yeah. That's, I mean, that's my, I mean, my preference is like, I would prefer to have fewer of those options and more mechanics yeah. uh, to be able to choose from. Um, But I don't know if that's JRPG enough, you know?
2: Yeah. Well, this, the other thing is, it's like, isn't. I feel like we got some of the tropes in there. Like, yeah. It's not 120 hours long.
0: No, that's true. So, but Ellen, you did a really good job of like, you know, on the fly, <laughs> providing us with a lot of this content. Yeah. Like we're really all awesome. supposed to design this together, but by making you the GM, we put a lot of the burden on you to like, <laughs> to solve the problems immediately. You
2: did a great job. You're not going to look at ants outside the same way again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where is that little party of ants going?
0: Anyway. Well, we'll take pictures of, of all the materials we've got and we'll, uh, we'll try to summarize the rules in text form as best we can. And uh, Ellen's going to uh, let us uh, get images of her notes as well. Um, that we'll put up on the episode for you to sort of try out and sort of see what makes sense and what weird choices we made that baffle you. And you can sort of see how we came to them on the page. Um,
2: sort of, sort of. You'll, yeah. you'll see some things that w- you'll recognize after listening and some things that don't make any sense at all.
0: <laughs> but also you sort of see like how difficult some of this to keep straight in your head as you're putting this together. Not just under the constraints that we made ourselves suffer, but like when we were coming up with like offensive and defense, we we're like, oh, hit points and damage boosts but we didn't consider armor or attack strength and it would, just didn't occur to us right away until we needed it in the thing and so i guess it's that's a testament to the value of playtesting
2: yeah. right i'm, I'm, I'm a, like i don't want to keep working on this because i have all these ideas of like well yeah if you're in a jrpg you have to go get items right and yeah and like you have different skill options so maybe at one point you encounter a thing of resin and you can either get stuck in it or it can make your exoskeleton harder.
0: Oh. Ah. <laughs> I think the best thing we've done here is build a really interesting universe.
3: Yes. <laughs>
0: Which ultimately, that I mean, JRPG is like, you know, um, it's it really easy to sort of like, oh, they're all the same the mechanics are all identical. It's like, it's not necessarily a failing. Uh, like a lot of times having a unique mechanic is a helpful thing, but what really sells a lot of these games is their fascinating characters, interesting stories. And even though they also contain a lot of tropes, Like people, that's what people do play these things for. And so having some familiarity in how you play them, it can be a virtue. Mm. Um, But I think we did a good enough job of coming up with tweaks on on mechanics as well. So I think we did okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that's our show. If you haven't already, subscribe to Nice Games Club in your favorite podcast app. And be sure to give it a good review if you liked it or are nice like us. It doesn't matter if you like this game or not, that is not a requirement to giving us a good review. Uh, we need to know you're out there. So leave a review and tell all your friends, too. Of course, you can, as we mentioned, play the game if you'd like and sort of t- uh, tweak the rules if you're interested. Uh, we'll put all the notes up there on the show page. We want to hear directly from you as well. So follow us on Twitter and all the other things at Nice Games Club and email us at contact at nicegames.club. Lastly, you can find out more about the show and your nice host, as well as our lovely guest host, Ellen, who's joined us for the past two weeks, uh, as well as get all the links and show notes from this and other episodes. At nicegames.club. And so until we start again, remember to play nice
1: and make nice.
0: Do you want to take like a quick minute while we pause?
2: Yeah, let's pause so I can.
0: Let's just pretend you did this in a flash, but just go ahead and take a minute.
2: Please make me look good by doing that. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. Um...
0: I'm going to leave the recording running. Mm-hmm. Um, so anything you say in here is candidate for the end of the show.
2: Yeah, okay, got it, got it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm proud of our game. I think it's be good. This is pretty neat. The next time that someone cancels on my D&D group and we have just a game night, I'm going to make them play
4: it. <laughs> nice. Yeah.